Hello and welcome to the second episode of the So What Podcast. I'm your host, Emma Hall. It's nice to be chatting with y'all again, and here we are once again with a prominent event in our society happening right now. As always, if you'd like to join the discussion with me, just post on our Instagram at the So What Podcast. Now let's get into this week's event, the infamous Harry and Meghan interview with Oprah. Let's talk about it. If you've been paying attention to the news outlets or to any social media within the last few days, you might have seen that Prince Harry and Meghan Markle sat down to do an interview with Oprah. In this interview, they discussed mainly their experience throughout their stay at the Windsor Estate, and they gave their side on the quote-unquote drama that's been surrounding their name for the past couple of years. I also feel the need to add that Oprah does an amazing job in this interview. I think she conducts herself very well. It's very hard to speak freely and without pause, and I feel she does it in such an amazing fashion where she asks the questions that we all want to know. I feel that's very important because I'm learning in my college to conduct interviews and in a fashion that allows me to conduct research on the fly so that I can communicate with my fellow man and be able to understand information and processes that I may not have before. If you have absolutely no idea what I'm talking about, let's bring you into the loop. Prince Harry, Duke of Sussex, the son of Charles Windsor, Prince of Wales, and the late Diana Spencer, former Princess of Wales, marries the American mixed-race actress Meghan Markle of Los Angeles, California, daughter of Doria Ragland and Thomas Markle. All of this sounds just like a fairy tale, right? British prince, ninth in line for the throne that comes to sweep you, a beautiful actress of mixed race off of your feet, and take you to the palace where you ride off into the sunset. Sounds just absolutely beautiful. Sounds just like the dream of any little girl. There's only one problem. Your in-laws and their lineage is drowned in the blood of racism. The royal family has a long and significant history with being prejudiced towards other races through their decisions and control over Africa and other nations, to their preservation of their own lineage, and to the recent accounts of Meghan Markle of her treatment by the Windsors. All of this to show that the royal family does not care to hide or change their royal prejudice. Let's talk about it. Supporting fact number one, the royal family has made racist remarks towards or about Meghan and her children, as said in the interview. When Meghan and Harry decided to record this interview, it was not without extreme desire from the public to see what they had to say. There's been all sorts of news surrounding Meghan and Harry in the last few years, and we will discuss that later. So when the couple announced their decision to step back from the royal life in 2019, it was a shock to the outside world. But we didn't realize what was actually going on inside. According to Meghan and Harry, a few highlights from the interview showed that there were concerns over Archie, their son's skin color, There were ruthless tabloids made about the both of them and were making lies and fabricating situations that did not occur. But the allegations were not denied or taken down, and the Royal Communications team did nothing to support Harry or Meghan when it comes to the fake tabloids that were made against them. Meghan didn't fit in the standards that they wanted, just like Diana. She was American, she was a divorcee, she's an actress, she's an independent, and above all, she's of mixed race. There were security and title issues that were brought about when Meghan was pregnant with their first son, Archie. 
specifically that there would be no title for Archie. He would not be considered a prince. So with that prince title being taken away from him, the security around him would also diminish. There was also major discussion that they blindsided the queen with their decision to leave. The final major highlight was why did they leave and what happened once they left? And obviously the rifts of the racial accusations and prejudice that Meghan Markle faced. When it comes to the interview, I found that Meghan and Harry both portrayed themselves in a very upstanding and calm manner for the subjects that they were facing. I found Meghan conducted herself in a very ladylike approach. She was very forward with what she wanted to say, but she did not give out too much information without disparaging any members of the royal family. She was very confident in herself and made a lot of points and she gave out a lot of information that we would not have known. The conversation of race was a very prominent one. It could have been very easy for Megan to throw very, very powerful figures under the bus, and she could have made some serious allegations, which she did to an extent, but it was never against a specific member of the family. I think it's very telling of her character to say that. Also, the prejudice that the royal family holds is not a new one. It is not something that we were shocked by. It is not something that is a new factor to the royal family and has been around since their creation. The racial prejudice that the foundation of the monarchy is based upon lies deep in the history of the foundation. Supporting fact number two. The British Empire took advantage of the continent of Africa and other poor nations because of their need for colonization. It all started in 1698. England had heard of the African gold, ivory, and silver that the Dutch were getting, so they had to establish an act at once with their new Catholic king that had just risen to power. According to British Empire, any English merchant can go over to the continent of Africa for 10% levy for 13 years. And that's how England officially started taking control over Africa. In some places, the English rule wasn't so bad. From history, we can see that Egypt did not seem to mind the British control so much. They envied the power the English had, and they conceded to their power and did not give them much trouble due to their own wealth. However, according to nationalarchives.gov, the British Empire took hold of the Egyptian trade route between Egypt and India. And what did these places have that England wants? Land, spices, and later, opium. England wanted the power over the spice trade, but there was so much more afloat. In other places, like West Africa, they weren't so lucky. The National Archives highlights that West Africa received some of the most quote-unquote harsh treatment by the British, but I would care to admit that they just saw a bunch of black people, or as they publicly called them, quote-unquote savages, that did not interact with the world the same way that they did, so the royals thought best to enslave an enormous portion of them chain them to boats, and trade them throughout the world. Yes, the royal family played a huge part of the slave trade in Africa, stripping people of their home, their identity, and forcing them into a place they did not know because they were different from the royal family themselves. That's racism right there. Now that's a horrible situation of Africa being used like a fresh piece of meat in front of the lion's den of almost every country, drooling over what they could take. But this is how colonialism was at the time, and it still is, and it's an absolute shame. And there is little done to the royal family to acknowledge it. 
Maybe Harry will speak out in the future, but as of now, only Charles, Harry and William's father, spoke about this, saying, quote, the appalling atrocity of the slave trade and the unimaginable suffering it's caused in an interview with The Guardian. The Queen has not said anything regarding this situation, and I think that speaks volumes within itself. Since the interview with Meghan and Harry, Prince William has also publicly defended his family in a passerby interview with a tabloid, saying that his family is absolutely not racist. Supporting fact number three. Now, I want to put a little trigger warning. I will be talking about incestual relationships. If you'd like to skip ahead, you could probably skip ahead about 30 seconds to 45 to a minute. Now, the royal family believes in the preservation of their bloodline. This is a common practice amongst monarch rulers and monarch wealth. The royal family has always believed in the divine right, which means that they have been chosen by God to rule a specific area or country. The divine right has fueled the English monarchy since its creation in 927 AD, has given the royal family their credibility throughout the years to rule, and this is why that they are instilled today. This has been a growing practice that has been in their family since, obviously, 927 AD, and the preservation of their bloodline is seen as the utmost important. So this means a lot of the marriages and connections of the former royals happen to be within the family bloodline, meaning your own family. I want to go ahead and cite Insider and inews.co.uk for the information. They have come out to know that Queen Elizabeth II and Prince Philip, the Duke of Edinburgh, are cousins. They are both directly related to Queen Victoria, and this has been a major foundation in the bloodline being pure and has been a very common practice in monarchy throughout the years. And with the quote-unquote preservation of the bloodline, it is important to know that a lot of the outsiders are considered off-limits when it comes to the royal family. When it comes to the royal family, they're supposed to be marrying in their demographic, which is the upper higher class preserved primarily people of European descent. So when it comes to people like Kate Middleton, who was of the Commonwealth, and Meghan Markle, who was not only American, but she is of mixed race, it is a little bit more different. It is not surprising that the royal family did not accept them with loving arms 100% in the beginning. The racist behavior that the royal family contributes to society does stem from the need of their preservation of bloodline, which means that they only want a specific demographic in their family. Supporting fact number four, the royal family did not defend nor seek help for Meghan or Diana due to the tabloids. Now, I mention Diana again because of the closeness of the relationship between Diana and Meghan, which I will get into later. A prominent subject throughout the interview between Oprah and Harry and Meghan was the tabloids. It is no secret that the British tabloids are some of the most ruthless in the world. They are willing to fight tooth and nail to get what they want from the British royalty. The world saw blatantly what happened with Princess Diana regarding the tabloids. She was hunted by the tabloids and often harassed to no end. The exact same thing happened to Meghan. Let me repeat, the exact same thing is happening with Meghan. When it comes to Princess Diana, we saw many of her engagements with the paparazzi and how she had to specifically 
wear the same outfit to the gym every day so that she could fool the paparazzi to ensure that they weren't getting any recent photos of her. She explained in an interview that I watched on Netflix how extremely caged she felt, and I find that Megan experienced the exact same emotions. Megan is an actress from L.A. She knows paparazzi, but there was a different breed of nastiness waiting for her across the pond. From almost the moment Megan and Harry were married, the rampant taglines and article titles and such things were plastered with her name all over them. What I found very interesting from the interview is the way Harry calmly explained how he felt that history was repeating itself. He did not say specifically that it was Diana, but it was very, very much implied. And he went on to say that this was perhaps a more serious account of history being repeated because race was involved. The tabloids regarding Meghan Markle were seen as very damaging to her character and often very damaging to her mental health. There's a very interesting BuzzFeed article out there that highlights the difference between Kate Middleton tabloids and Meghan Markle tabloids, and they were the exact same events, but completely different subjects and titles. Oprah also explains this to Meghan a lot in the interview where she discusses how the media favored Kate over Meghan because they felt as though they had to like one and hate the other. And Megan very much specified that there was no need for that. With race being involved, it is exceedingly more harmful because the throes of racism are so deep in the entire world and the thought and ideology of racism becomes such a prominent part of certain people's lives. And social media plays a significant portion of that because all over social media, there are people with differing opinions on Meghan Markle and Harry. And some people will blatantly use words that are completely racist and defamating towards her. She explained a lot to Oprah how upset she was and how her mental health was extremely hurt and damaged by the tabloids and the failure of the British comms team, quote unquote, kill them, which means to get rid of them or deny them. She felt as though they were not protecting her, and that was a major reason as to why she felt unsupported by the British royal family. I personally 100% agree that Meghan and Diana's situations were extremely similar, and if nothing was done, I feel as though Meghan may have had something terrible happen to her. I'm so glad to see that Harry stepped up to the plate to take care of his wife and children first, instead of waiting and ignoring what she had said. There's definitely a huge message that has to be seen when it comes to the interview towards the end when Harry was talking about how he felt ashamed that he had to admit to his family that Meghan and him and he were experiencing thoughts and feelings that were not positive and they felt as though they were trapped. I think that's very interesting because the royal family seems to be such a closed off and cold family that it seems as though it's just a business deal. There's no family connection there. So a lot of the institutional prejudices that were instilled in, I believe, Elizabeth were formed through this idea that the family is a business and a foundation. You'll often hear Meghan and Harry and other members of the royal family refer to it as the foundation or the firm or the institution there's no love seen besides the smiles and the acting that they play on camera when it comes to the public. There doesn't seem to be that 
loving family connection that is needed. And I see that the only person that I can cite to see that happiness would be Diana. And Diana had such a love for her children, Prince Harry and Prince William, that it's such a bond that cannot be broken. And it was such a devastation when she, when they lost her. I find that it was also very interesting that once Harry and Meghan decided to leave and they were financially cut off from the royal family, it was Diana's money that saved them, that helped them become and build a new life for themselves. She was taking care of her baby even after she was already gone. And I think that just speaks absolute volumes. And it shows how unconnected the royal family is on the inside at their heart. It shows that they were not willing to care about Harry and Meghan because they had to. They were willing to do it now that it's in the public and now everybody sees it. But they weren't willing to do that when it really mattered to them personally. I think taking away the titles of Archie, of Meghan, of Harry, and their future daughter is one of the worst things that you could do in that situation because of the added security that is needed for that. And it's very interesting to see that they were not willing to give them the titles because of certain prejudices that were instilled in them from a young age that they are still choosing to identify with now in the 21st century. Alrighty, folks, this is the point in the podcast where we have to take a second to break it down and ask the question, so what? Why should you care? Why should you care about the royal family? Why should you care if people are racist in general? Well, in human terminology, you should want anybody to be treated the way that you would want to be treated, right? Isn't that what your family taught you? Of course, in the United States, we have a very significant relationship with England. We have a very significant relationship with the British royal family in particular because of our country's foundation coming from them. So it's very interesting to see how little the American people know about the, the royal family and how much the history has been forgotten because of everything being wrapped up in the American society. I think this situation in particular is a very telling situation when it comes to the lack of American education we have on world history. World history is one of the foundations of everything. And a lot of Americans are going without that needed education because we're so wrapped up in ourselves. So I think it's important to take time out of your day to do some research on these kinds of issues, to understand why the situation is what it is. Why is the British royal family engaged in racism? Why are there situations that the British royal family has had to make rational decisions on racial depictions? Why did England need to take over Africa? Why, why was there a need to go and do the opium spice trade? Why was there a need for all of this? So it's also very important to see history the way it is so that we don't repeat it. I talked earlier about how Meghan and Diana's situation is very similar. If people weren't overtly analyzing every situation we would never have known, and something terrible could have happened to Meghan. Something could have happened to Harry. There's just situations where we can't afford for history to repeat itself. 
it may just seem as though these tabloid stories are stupid and they don't mean anything and they're just people talking crap. But when it's when it's 20 pages a day, every day, Megan talked about how she was stuck in the house for four months, only going out twice because she was oversaturated in the media. In times of COVID, they explain this, how we should all feel a little sympathetic towards that because we know how it feels, which we do. And it is very traumatizing and it's sad, but I understand why people don't think that it's that big of a deal because she is a princess. When it comes to people that don't like you, why would you want to be in a situation where people don't like you and you know they don't like you and they constantly talk about you behind your back? It's just like middle school all over again. The bullies are going to continue to bully you. So what you do for you in that situation is take yourself out of it. Find ways to find help. They looked for places to find help and they did not receive it anywhere. So they went and they had to go look elsewhere. They looked for help in Tyler Perry, who helped them with a place to stay for a few months while they could get back on their feet. It's places and people like this that allow for people to have redemption stories. It's very enlightening to see that people are still willing to be good and nice and helpful in times like this. Tyler Perry and Oprah could have said, screw you, you're a princess and a prince. You guys could have the world if you wanted to. I don't need to help you. But they didn't. It's the integrity and the ethics of people that are what make survivors. When it comes to people that have been damaged or broken or beaten down, it's going to take that extra step, that extra little help, that extra checking on to make sure that you are absolutely okay. So I think it's very important that everybody understands that this is history we need to understand it so that we don't repeat it again, and we need to look at how we treat people on an everyday basis. We can't just continue to be treating people like we hate each other all the time. Once we start doing that, we start losing humanity itself, and that's the most important part. All right, everybody, this has been the second episode of the So What podcast. I appreciate every single one of you for joining in and listening to me. I hope you understand a little bit why I talked about this. Please don't forget to leave a review of my podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Follow for more episodes every couple of weeks. You can listen to me here on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Radio Public, Breaker, and Pocket Casts. If you'd like to join my conversation or if you'd like to just follow me on my next journey, you can feel free to follow us on Instagram at the So What Podcast. I hope you guys learned a thing or two, and I hope you join me again for the next episode. Thank you so much for joining in, and I hope you have a great day.